Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. Always an honor, always a privilege. So grateful that you're connecting with us. Once again, we're going to jump right back into Colossians chapter 2, please. Colossians chapter 2. And we'll start there in verse 6. We've been, of course, working uh, through a series, a kind of a mini-series, talking about our walk in Him. And here's our key verse, verse 6, chapter 2. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. In other words, if you've received Christ, then there's also a way now to walk. And this word walk is a word that means to walk about or to tread about, to be occupied with. It refers to how you live or conduct life, which is kind of primarily how we're dealing with this. But it also means to follow as a companion, which obviously fits in some of the things we're talking about. But it says, so walk in Him, which is another phrase that's used quite a bit. Actually, Paul uses that quite a bit uh, through uh, the epistles. Uh, but we see it quite a few times just in this reference. And it means this word in, in Him means to be positioned in Him. In other words, place time or state of, talking about in his strength, his power, his ability. We could say maybe even in his influence or his life, okay? So be basically positioned in him. So we're called to walk in him, which means that we're called to live and conduct life, uh, you know, being positioned in him, not in our own abilities and strength, but in other words, empowered by him, amen, being led by him, amen. It goes on to say then, rooted or planted, okay, building a root system, rooted and built up, okay, that uh, we get our word um, edifice or building, okay, that's the Greek word there, it comes out of that edifice, okay, which means like a brick upon brick, layer upon layer, something being built up, okay, so rooted and built up in Him, amen, and established, fixed or sure, confident in the faith, praise God, as you have been taught, abounding in it, amen. In other words, excelling, increasing, exceeding, praise God, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Verse 8, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Now, we're going to come back to that verse here in a minute. For in him, verse 9 Here we go again. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay, talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, all right? And you, talking about you now, you are complete, whole, right? Mature in him who is the head of all principality and power. Now, obviously, you see multiple times here is talking about being in him, which is a very big key. Amen. Again, as I said earlier, it's not, he's not trying to get you to do any of these things in your own abilities and strength. It's about being positioned in him. Amen. Uh, being, you know, uh, you know kind of under his uh, influence and empowerment. Praise God is what it's referring to. Praise God. Now, obviously, we're talking about walking in him. And we have, uh, for several weeks now, I don't know how many weeks we're into it now, but we, for several weeks, we've been t- coming at this, you know, through the scriptures about different ways, different things that we're talking about walking in Him. What does that mean? Well, there's, a, there's quite a few things that it means. And so what we talked about uh, in the very beginning, talking about walking by faith and not by sight, that's part of it, amen, where you're walking in that confidence and assurance, praise God, not being moved by how things look or how you feel. We talked about, praise God, walking uh, in the Spirit and what that means. And we primarily focus more about the breath of God, the Spirit, the breath 
of the Spirit of God being breathed into us from day to day, how we need that every day. Amen. We talked about walking in newness of life. Okay, you know, basically, primarily talking about that youthfulness, that renewed vigor, that um, we could say uh, passion, uh, fervency, and what that means. Amen. Focused on that. We talked about walking in the light as he is in the light, that radiant energy that makes sight possible as we kind of are in him, that that same radiant energy gets on us, that we go out now and make a difference everywhere we go uh, because we're walking in the light as he is in the light. Praise God. Then we talked about walking circumspectly, and that's basically dealing with the area of awareness, uh, taking heed, watchfulness, okay? Uh, it even uses the, the phrase of a, a diligence in the area of giving due attention to something, in other words. So we talked about the importance of that and the importance of, you know, being led by God, amen? Our every moment counts in God, amen? We went on from that uh, talking about walking worthy of the Lord, again, talking more uh, that particular week on just staying focused on letting God lead us and guide us step by step and what that means to walk worthily, amen, or appropriately. What does that mean, amen? So we focused on that. Last week, we talked about walking in good works, or it's also referred to as walking in the goodness of God. And so, of course, that's dealing with those um, really, in a sense, goodly deeds that you do for others. And the reason for that is, uh, um, you know, the practice of doing good for others, uh, talking about, you know, being beneficial, um, promoting wholeness, contributing some beneficial purpose to the lives of others, not being so just wrapped up in your own life, but, uh, but learning how to reach out beyond yourself, being a, a blessing to others and what that means. Amen. Today we're going to talk about walking in the truth. And so, uh, like I said, we're going to come back to Colossians 2 in a minute. So let's go to 1 John, though. 1 John, and, or actually 3 John, I'm sorry, 3 John is where we're going. 3 John. In chapter 1, which is actually only one chapter. So Third John, and I'm going to start in verse 2 um, and read just a few verses here. It says, Beloved, okay, talking to you and me, I pray that you may prosper. That means to, um, to succeed in reaching, to succeed in business affairs. That's what it's talking about. So just succeeding in daily living, right? That you may prosper and... Uh, pardon me, prosper in all things and be in health. Okay, that's, again, it's talking about uh, soundness of body, health and wholeness, uh, being whole, uh, and be in health just as your soul prospers, okay? Your mind, your will, your emotions. And that word there is talking about as your soul begins to be renewed and as you come into some insight and understanding about things, it begins to affect your life. It begins to affect your walk. That's why now you can succeed in all things. You can uh, also uh, uh, health, okay, talking about being health, amen, as, uh, you know, uh, along with that, praise God. He goes on to say, verse 3, For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. There we go. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth, okay? So obviously, this whole text here, he's dealing with the fact of you, as your soul prospers, means obviously you're walking in the truth, you're beginning to hear the truth, beginning to learn the truth, and as you do that, it begins to affect your life. That's why now 
you can actually prosper in all things and be in health. Why? Because you're coming into some insight. Amen. It's beginning to change how you see things. It's as your soul prospers. Amen. As your mind is renewed, as you come into the thing where now your mind, your will, your emotion, everything starts coming into check because of the truth. You're starting to find out the truth. Praise God. Now, uh, John 17 and verse 17 says, Jesus himself talking to the Father, actually praying to the Father uh, uh, about the disciples. He said, sanctify them by your truth. He goes on to say, for your word is truth. Now, I thought that was worthy of reading that. We'll go back to that text here in a little later here. But the bottom line is, okay, if you're going to find out the truth, where are you going to find the truth at? Well, you're going to find it in his word. Amen. You're going to have to have a life or a walk that's somehow set, you know, that's somehow set apart or sanctified by the truth or by the word. So in other words, you're going to have to spend some time in the word. If we're going to walk this thing right, we're going to have to walk in the truth. Amen. And uh, that can mean a whole lot of things. I mean, if you're not walking in the truth, you're going to end up places you don't want to be. You're going to make decisions you don't want to make. You're going to end up uh, on some roadway that you've got no business being on. And if, if that's the case, you're going to end up in places you don't want to end up. And so that's the thing to understand. So if we're talking about walking in him, then part of that has to be we're going to have to walk in the truth, which means I'm going to have to spend some time in the word. The word truth itself, okay, this particular word in the references we're using today, it means that which is true, or it means literally to follow or abide in accordance to that which is true. Okay, so it's definitely talking about a way, you know, a, a way of understanding so that you're walking proper or right, amen, based on the right information, amen. Sometimes it's just the, that's the problem sometimes. We're just not walking in the right information, we're trying to move along in life, and that's why it pays to walk in Him. Why? Because we're, now we're absorbing the Word of God, taking the Word of God in. Now all of a sudden we're coming into some right information. Now you can make proper choices, proper decisions, praise God, just based on having the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Now what we're going to do here, um, as I said earlier, we're going to go back to Colossians chapter 2 again. And I thought it was worthy of bringing this out. I think I might even have made mention of it last week, talking about, uh, you know, this particular verse 8. I was going to dive into it a little bit deeper today, do a little bit of word study on it. Because if we're talking about walking in the truth, that means there's other things out there that are trying to keep you off the truth, okay? There are other things going on that are trying to somehow dictate or control your life, somehow distract you in ways that keeps you from the truth, all right? So let's look at this. So the word here is talking about beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. Again, I'm in a Colossians 2.8. Uh, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So obviously he says there's something that's opposing uh, the, the word or the truth, uh, the message of Christ. There's something that opposes it, okay? So what we're referring to here in verse 8 is something that's beyond or I should say, opposing truth, okay? It says, beware uh, lest anyone cheat you, okay? Beware, now that's, that just bottom line means to take heed, okay? To give attention or regard to something, to be cautious. It means to watch one step, if you look that up, okay? So in other words, you, you're going to have to beware of some things. In other words, we're going to walk this thing. You're going to walk a walk that's rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you've been taught, then there's also some things you're going to have to watch out for, okay? 
you're going to watch out. He says, lest anyone cheat you. Now, you notice it's anyone cheat you. So we're talking about people. Okay, obviously the enemy's behind some of this mess, but but there are people out there that don't have the truth that are trying to tell you they have the truth. So he says, lest anyone cheat you. This word cheat means to spoil, to seduce, uh, to distract even. But it literally means to lead away as booty. Okay, in other words, to plunder you and take you captive. That's amazing. There are people are just literally wanting to, uh, to plunder you and take you captive. People just want to lead you astray, amen, uh, for their own benefit. And that's really what, it's, what it comes down to as we dive into this today. Uh, a lot of times people just tell you what they want to tell you for their own benefit. And you have to guard, guard yourself. But if you don't know the truth, see, if you're not walking in the truth, you could be led astray all day long. People can tell you whatever they want to tell you. And if you don't know the truth, then all of a sudden you're buying into something uh, that's not going to be good. All right. Now, of course, I'm getting ahead of myself. But it says, lest anyone cheat you. And it starts off with philosophy, you know, through philosophy. Okay. Which the word here, uh, uh, philosophia, is actually the Greek word where we get our word philosophy. Okay. But it literally means man's ideology. Okay. Or man's opinions or man's beliefs, okay? Talking about man's opinions and beliefs. Man's, okay, you got to hang on to that. Man's ideology, okay? It's talking about intellectualism or humanism, okay? Because it's out there. People have their own way of thinking, their own way of beliefs, uh, you know, their own uh, viewpoints of things. And if, they don't, if they're not walking in the truth, okay, we as human, uh, human beings, we, 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 look for the, we look for answers. I'm going to say it that way. We look for answers. So we look at everything that's out there and given to us, the information, the data, all the kind of stuff. That's why, you know, man's wisdom is different than God's wisdom because there's all kinds of information coming to you. But God's wisdom shows you how to take that information and apply it uh, in a spiritual way to where you got the word of God, the answers from God, the answers from above. Whereas man's wisdom is, you know, you're, you're dissecting everything and through just reasoning and being analytical, uh, you know, and intellectual. You're just trying to put answers together and come up with some ideas. And they could be, you know, as far away from the truth as, as anything could be, okay? Uh, you know, sometimes you might look at something and it might not be hard to determine certain things or discern ter- certain things. Uh, but for the most part, if you're not in the way of truth, most of the time you're going to be wrong in how you're seeing stuff which means, again, you know, with wrong information, you know, and you're going to accept that wrong information, means you're going to make decisions and choices based on what you, you know, deem as truth when come to find out it's not truth. All right, now hang on to that. So the first thing he says, we're going to, you, you, there's a, you have to watch yourself. You got to beware lest you be cheated through philosophies, okay? Uh, man's, man's viewpoints, man's, uh, you know, ideology or opinions, all right? Now, the, the Scripture says this in Proverbs 14 and 12. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man. That's Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. See, there's a lot of things that seem right. Well, they seem right. The Word actually, Scriptures say that, that the way of God is right, Okay. But whereas there's a way that seems right to a man, okay, now how, why would that seem right? Well, 
you know, you're based on just the limited information that you may have. You may be looking at that, coming at it from a different angle, different perspective. And if you don't have the way of truth, if you're not, if you don't have the word to go off of, if you don't have that, you're, you're probably going to lack some discernment, some judgment, some tact, timing, all those kind of things that kind of start fitting into this. But pretty soon you're off, okay, and now what seems right leads you now in the way of death, and that literally means ruin or destruction. It means literally like days like hell on earth is literally what it means, the ways of, of Hades, okay, which days like Hades or the days like hell on earth is what it refers to. Uh, now, nobody wants that mess. The Word says we're called to live uh, like days like heaven on earth, it says in Deuteronomy. Well, anyway, the point is this, that if you're just going to live based on what seems right, not based on the way of truth, you're not going to walk in truth, but you're just going to walk along, conduct life based on what seems right, you're going to miss out on a lot of, lot of stuff, and you're probably going to have a lot of havoc uh, ahead of you, all right? All kinds of things that begin to happen, okay? The mishaps and households and families and finance and health, and uh, it, just, it just goes on and on and on. That's why it pays to walk in the truth, to have the Word of God alive on the inside. So the first thing he talks about here is not being cheated through philosophy, okay? Then it goes on to say, and empty deceit. And now I'm back in Colossians 2.8, okay? And empty deceit. Now, empty deceit, when you look this up, it means a vain uh, delusions, okay? Or literally nonsense, just vain nonsense, okay? But it means uh, self-conceited, something that's self-conceited or heartless uh, deceptions, okay? Self-conceited or heartless deceptions. Now, what the reason that says it the way it does is because he's, talk, he's talking about, again, about people. See, if anyone cheats you through philosophies and uh, empty deceit. In other words, it's talking primarily about those that maybe are cheating you based on their own agendas, based on their own, you know, it's about what they get out of it. That's why it, it's, in a sense, it refers to something vain, something empty, something heartless, uh, something, what was the other word it used here? Uh, self-conceited uh, is another uh, word used there. Uh, so it's talking about people that maybe it's all about their own agendas. They really, don't really care about who they uh, run over or who they hurt. And there's a lot of things out there uh, that people get uh, caught up in, a lot of stuff out there that people get suckered into uh, because they don't know the way of truth. All right, they're not walking in the truth. So what happens now, the enemy just kind of hooks them by the nose and drags them anywhere he wants to. And people, many times the world out there, and of course in this text it's referring to people in the world, all right? They're out there and they, they don't really care if they're, uh, you know, if you get cut short. They don't really care if, uh, you know, what happens to your life or your family or, uh, you know, your community. Uh, we can go on and on and on, okay? And that's just... It's out there, all right? But if you're not walking in the truth, see, then again, you may get deceived. You may get cheated, okay, distracted with this kind of stuff. And the next thing you know, you're on a road or a path you got no business being on. Amen. So it talks about philosophies. It talks about uh, empty deceit. Then it goes on in this verse 8 again. It says, according 
to the tradition of men. I mean, it just basically just says it, okay? To, according to traditions of men, okay, which is this word tradition. It's talking about customs, habits, even as much as folklore, okay? Things that, you know, in the past that people hang on to, okay? Uh, folklore uh, refers to customary practices or cultural traditions. Now, I'm standing here, and I'm not opposed to anybody's culture or practices or things that, you know, people have, you know, they got, depending on where they've come from, uh, you know, their family lineage and history, we're not opposing everything like that. But a lot of people live by things based on customs and traditions, folklore, so to speak, uh, and it, it, it totally contradicts the scriptures, okay? Now, not everything out there does, obviously, so please don't, don't write me and tell me, you know, how I'm opposing your, your, your lineage or some kind of thing. But what I'm trying to say is this, okay, that there are a lot of things that people hold true or hold to thinking it's truth when it's not. And all it is is traditions of men. They hold to things that uh, completely go co- cross-grain with the scriptures, go cross-grain with truth, all right? And you just have to understand that you're a new creation now. You're no longer that individual. Now, again, you know, praise God for your heritage and for, uh, you know, your lineage and your, the people that you love and care about in your past and people of your family. Okay, we're not, we're not you know, telling you to oppose uh, all that. We're just saying, listen, you got to beware of these kind of things. That's why he says beware lest you get cheated through some of this stuff which means in this particular case, you could be cut short of some things because you're too busy holding to traditions instead of letting loose of some of that and now connecting, amen, with truth. Now, the scripture says this in Mark 7, in verse 8, it brings out, talking about, for, uh, for, talking about those that lay aside the commandment of God and hold to the traditions of men. Literally lay aside the, the, the commandments of God, the sayings of God, the leadings of God based on tradition. Later on in that same chapter of Mark 7 and verse 13, says it this way, making the word of God, literally says this, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down and many such things you do. So now he's even said, you know, even gets a little bit more uh, specific about this, talking about even the word of God itself can be made of no effect, which literally means to be deactivated or nullified. I mean, even though the truth is here, you got the truth, but you can nullify, deactivate the truth just by holding to traditions. That's powerful. I mean, that's powerful. Okay, so that's why we want to walk in truth where where this holds a higher priority in our life than some tradition. Okay, and and again, okay, uh, you know, we're we're really not trying to step on everybody's heritage. We're just trying to say, amen, there's a lot of things sometimes back there that we hold to that primarily isn't right. It's not truth. Okay, it's just folklore or it's just things that, uh, you know, uh, people of our past, you know, a little cliche, uh, somebody said one time, you know, grandma taught it and we all bought it, you know. Well, it, what if grandma was wrong, right? I mean, uh, you know, then we're, we got some trouble here. And they're not picking on grandma, by the way. But anyway, 
the point is this, you know, maybe Uncle Tom, this, you know, said this is uh, how it used to be, and, and Granddad said this is how it used to be, and Great Granddad said this is how, it, you know, it is, and all that kind of stuff, and you hold all that, when all along it might be something that goes completely cross-grain with the Word of God or with truth. And so we want to be a people that walk in the truth, which means we can't be holding to all the traditions of men, uh, especially anything out there that's, that's going cross-grain with the Word. Okay, it also says then in this uh, Colossians 2 again, in verse 8, it says not only the, according to the traditions of men, but it says also according to the basic principles of the Word. In other words, we, we got to beware lest we're cheated through all this mess. Okay, it says now the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. So it's making it real clear here. These basic principles of the world out here, the world system, not things based on Christ, not obviously not the, uh, you know, not the way of truth, not the word of God, something contrary to the word, to the ways of Christ, all right? This word basic principles of the world means rudiments or fundamental elements. Uh, it talks about just the basic knowledge of everything out there. We could maybe even say uh, the ABCs of the world, okay? And there is some ABCs of the world. The world's a system and, and how it operates out there. And you were a part of that before you came to Christ, all right? But it says you can't allow, you got to beware lest you're caught up even uh, in just the basic principles of the world. In other words, still it's all based on how the world views things instead of how Christ views things. It's still based on something out there not according to truth, not according to the Scriptures. Because there's a lot of ways that people look at things out there, a lot of ways that yourself or myself, before we came to Christ, we used to view things a certain way because this is the way it always was, is how you were brought up, this is what, how you were taught. Uh, you know, people you know, plug things into your life by saying things, and then you just kind of go along life thinking this is the way it is out there. And pretty soon, you know, you come into Christ, and now all of a sudden you recognize that the more of the truth you get into you, the more you recognize how that might be off, and this might be off, and this is, this is off base, and this really isn't accurate at all, or this might be completely contrary uh, to truth, all right? There's some things out there that are completely contrary to truth, complete opposite, all right? Some things are just maybe are tweaked and kind of off, you know, so it just kind of gets you on a wrong road, gets you on a wrong path. All right. And the enemy kind of has planned that, you know, get you off, get you deceived, get you, uh, you know, distracted, get you in a sense cheating you through these kind of teachings, through these kind of uh, basic principles of the world. All right. In fact, John 17, let's click into that. John 17, please. And hallelujah. I thought this would be worthy of us kind of bringing this out. John 17 and verse 15. I used one of these verses here earlier, but verse 15. And this, again, is uh, Jesus praying to the Father and really he's praying for the disciples and for us, actually, as you kind of read it. He's talking about all those that follow him, all right? He said, I do not pray, this is verse 15, 1715. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. In other words, he's bringing out here that you may be in the world, but you're not of the world. You're no longer of that system anymore. Okay, you might be here on planet Earth alongside 
uh, people who don't know Christ, but you're not of that system anymore. You're no longer, uh, you know, of that kingdom. All right. You're now operating out of a higher kingdom, a different kingdom, the kingdom of light. You're now of a different family. Okay. And he goes on, he says, I'm not, don't pray that I take them out of the world, but that they, you should keep them from the evil one. In other words, this is kind of what we're talking about. You know, if you come into truth, the evil one now can't deceive you, can't distract you, can't cheat you through all this mess, okay? Because now, amen, you're understanding the truth. He goes on to say, for uh, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Again, Jesus talking. He said, sanctify them, set them apart, amen, by your truth. And your word is truth. In other words, your word, amen, is going to set them apart and make them different. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Now, that's part of our purpose. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. Why are we in the world? To make a difference, amen. We're the light, we're the salt, uh, we're the difference makers, you know. You know, atmosphere adjusters, environment influencers, suburb swayers, community changers, right? Come on, that's what we're called to do. We are difference makers, praise God. It's what we're called to do. And in order to be a difference maker, then we're going to have to be set apart. We're going to have to be different. Amen. We're going to have to be sanctified by the truth. Otherwise, you get pulled into the lie and you're, you're living right alongside of those without God, living the same way that they're living because we're not sanctified or set apart by that truth. We're not walking in the truth. That's why it's so important to have the Word in front of you, so important to spend time in the Word daily, so important, praise God, to find out truth. Amen. He goes on to say, uh, let's read verse 18 again. It says, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they may also, that they also, pardon me, may be sanctified by the truth. In other words, again, set apart by the truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. John 8. Let's look at that. Back up a few chapters. And there's a lot of things that we could go to as far as talking about the word, about the truth of God's word. But I just kind of primarily want to uh, bring out here the difference between being, in a sense, deceived, okay, uh, still walking in the lies of the world instead of walking in the truth and why that is so important when we're talking about walking in him, why this is so key. Again, chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, Jesus talking against, and Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide, remain, or continue in my word, you are then my disciples indeed. This is a word to all, all right? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. That's a common text here, verse 32. Many times you see that on, on maybe on somebody's desk or on a wall hanging or, uh, you know, on a shelf, you know, some kind of decorative uh, plaque or something, picture or something that says that, you know, you shall know the truth, and the truth uh, shall make you free. It's a common verse. But you notice, though, uh, it says here that if you're going to know the truth, how you, how you know the truth, you're going to have to abide in his word. Verse 31 brings that out. Amen. If you're going to be a, a disciple or a disciplined one, you're going to have to spend time in that word. That's the key to this thing. Amen. Time spent in the word. Amen. So abiding, remaining, continuing that word. Then it says, and then you're going to know some things. 
You're going to come into some understanding that's different than what you used to know. Now you're knowing truth, and it says that truth, in other words, the truth that you know is the truth that's going to make you free. Amen. Without knowing the truth, you may walk in bondage, not even know it. Okay, walk free, uh, you know, or I should say, or oppose or away from true freedom. Okay, and so when we come into the truth, when we abide uh, in the word, all of a sudden you become in a place of, uh, you know, knowing something different now. Your mind is being renewed. You know, as we talked about that, uh, third John, they're talking about as your soul prospers. In other words, as your mind, your will, your emotions begin to come into, into check and in, into balance with what he says. All of a sudden now it begins to affect your life. Amen. Now it talks about, you know, your whole life itself is beginning. You're now walking in success and victory, praise God, health and wholeness. Amen. All because of the fact you're coming into the truth. Amen. It's amazing. How just knowing the truth, now that truth can make you free. In fact, uh, Hebrews 4 and 12 makes that the word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Now all of that, there's a lot said in that verse, but really it just comes down to this. That word is alive. And that word will do things. And the more you're into that word, the more that, that you get to know that word, the more you know that truth, praise God, the more that truth begins to make you free. And little by little areas of your life now brings you into a place of freedom, a place of liberty, praise God. No longer being cheated by the lies of the world. No longer being held captive by some deceptive thing out there, by traditions or philosophies or principles of the world. All these things that just try to somehow steer you off course. We're talking about, amen, time spent in the word Hallelujah. I thought this was worthy of bringing out, and I, I just kind of uh, put it in my notes. And I just want to maybe read it to you. Colossians 2 again, verse 8, uh, in there in the message translation says it this way. I just thought it would be kind of uh, good to read it to you. It just says, watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in Him. So you can see and hear Him clearly. Amen. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without Him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you uh, also. Amen. And his power then extends over everything. I just thought that was good to read. Amen. The bottom line, it comes down to this. Amen. We're not going to allow the world to keep dictating and leading us, deceiving us, distracting us. We're going to come into the truth. And how's that going to happen? Time spent in the word. As Jesus said, if you abide in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall then know the truth, because his word is truth. Amen. You shall know the truth, and that truth will make you free. Praise God. Child of God, I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory for a people of God that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding that this is a people who walk 
in the truth, praise God. They walk in you, praise God. And Father, I give you the praise. I give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.